Right, welcome to Conversations from Quarantine, a podcast about everything and about nothing. A show where I'll catch up with people from around the world and kill some time while we all have some spare time to kill. Each week we catch up with different guests and have a chat about what's going on in their world. We talk jiu-jitsu, life without jiu-jitsu, and whatever else pops up along the way. Make sure you check out our website, www.freerollers.com.au, our Instagram, our Facebook, and follow the podcast on Spotify so you don't miss an episode. But for now, sit back and enjoy episode three with my good friend, Scott Carpenter. Before we get too far into today's show, I want to give a quick shout out to all of our sponsors from around the globe. Australian-owned and operated Browse Fights acclaimed for its unique purpose to unite the BJJ industry with a shared vision of growth underpinned by a philosophy focused purely on people and positive outcomes of education, support and experiences. Browse products which include awesome geese, no-gi gear and BJJ accessories are the vehicle the brand uses to drive its mission. The team firmly believe that life off the mats is measurably better as a direct result of our healthy mind, body and soul that jiu-jitsu creates. And this influence needs to be nurtured and capitalised on so the sport can naturally evolve and continue to positively impact on a broader scale. Browse objectively supports the growth of the sport whilst leveraging on its own exposure to help educate some of those less fortunate whilst providing for them as well. Head over to www.browsefight.com to check out the great range of gear available. Has there ever been a better pairing than coffee and chokes? We would think not. That's why we've teamed up with That Cold Stuff, Australia's finest creator of cold brew coffee concentrate. Don't take our word for it though. Go check them out at www.thatcoldstuff.com.au and see what all the hype's about. That Cold Stuff, reinventing coffee from the grounds up. Yoga for BJJ. How does it help your jiu-jitsu? The real question is, how doesn't it? From rehabbing injuries to improving focus, movement, breathing, and flexibility. They also have a strong support team that is passionate about your success. And then, of course, there is Sebastian, the creator of the program who keeps things entertaining as we all stretch. If you're missing this, you're missing out. Take the leap, give it a shot, add the code FREEROLLERS at the checkout, and save yourself a ton of money. The only way to improve and change is to start doing yoga today. The team at Grappling Labs has put in years of mat time crafting their skill set and testing themselves in competition. The journey has led them to create Grappling Labs to assist others in pursuing their dreams. Whether they are aspirations of fame and glory on the competition circuit or just to stay healthy and enjoy the sport as recreational exercise as long as possible, the guys at Grappling Labs are dedicated to providing them with the tools and equipment to realise those dreams. Are you on BJJ Link? BJJ Link is the world's first and only jiu-jitsu dedicated social network. Create yourself an account for free now and link with jitters in your academy, city and around the world. All right, welcome to Conversations from Quarantine. Scotty, thanks for joining us for episode three, mate. Um, tell the listeners about yourself. Yeah, well, first off, thanks for having me. So uh, for everyone out this is my first podcast, so see how it goes. Might fumble a little bit, but all good. But yeah, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, I don't know, what would you like to start off with? Tell us about you, man. Tell us uh, where you're from, how long you've been training. So, I live in like Port Kennedy, Western Australia. <clears throat> I know um, you very well. Yeah. <laughs> Bit of a local. Uh, yeah, I've lived here pretty much my whole life. Obviously, when I was a kid, like I was born here. We lived out in Serpentine a little bit when we were growing up. Um, but yeah, for the most part, like always lived around here. Um, and then, yeah, like growing up, did like a bunch of other sports and activities and things like that. And then when I was 21, I started doing jiu-jitsu. So, well, I'm 25 uh, this weekend, actually. So Doesn't count. Yeah, doesn't, doesn't count. count. Write it uh, off, mate. Still 24 for yeah. another year. So I've been training pretty much, like I guess you'd say, like I remember the date that I started, I wrote it down. It was 14th of September, 2016. So, <laughs> yeah, like pretty much three and a half years, like heading towards four years now more so, I guess you'd say. Yeah, so almost at the four-year mark. Yeah, nice, nice. So um, whereabouts, obviously, whereabouts are you training? Where, where do you base yourself out of? So these days I coach and train out of Raw Defence Academy in Bibber Lake and also train as well uh, at Legion 13 in Cannington. So yeah, both like Legion 13 schools. Um, but yeah, I do like most of my training at Raw and Legion and obviously I like teach um, quite a few times a week at uh, Raw Defence Academy as well in Bibber Lake. Yeah, nice, nice. So um, it's funny you say, you, you know, you've been training for three and a half, four years or whatever it was. Um, I still remember, I think it was your first or second night when you came into uh, to the gym you were at when you first started. And uh, I remember, all I remember thinking was when we rolled was you got to my back and I went, holy fuck, I can't get this cunt off me. Um, obviously nothing's really changed, but yeah. what, what's your, 
Did you have a um, like a, any sort of grappling experience before you came in that night, or? Um, so, like I say that I started like in September, but I'd done like a couple of weeks of like jiu-jitsu before that, but nothing like proper. And then, like, I never really yeah like stuck to it sort of thing. I just like tried it, and then I don't know. At the time, I was like, nah, like I didn't like think it was for me the first time. And where I was working, like I was working a lot back then, and you know, I was also just interested in like I guess you'd say like hobby kind of like bodybuilding powerlifting sort of thing like I was never going to compete or anything like that I just enjoyed going to the gym and training like I've always done a sport and been active my whole life so yeah like back then I guess you'd say I was like a hobby kind of bodybuilder slash powerlifter but like I got to a point where I was like man like this is boring like I'm kind of getting a bit <clears throat> like tired of it I want to try something else um, and then like yeah like I said I tried jiu-jitsu in the past and then I was like man like I think I, I think I want to give this a go again like just uh, like look up where I can train and get stuck into it but to be honest like because I was bored of lifting weights and stuff like that and not competing in that and like I had competed in sports in the past like I wanted to find something where I guess you could say I could like almost immerse myself into and I had the goal of wanting to compete and become like really good like I wanted to I actually told myself before I started just so I was like man like I want to try and see how far I can like push this I want to see if I can become like a state champion or like a whatever shit. Like even the, like the ultimate goal was to become like a world champion. Um, obviously, you know, even a black belt, even though I'm not a black belt yet, that would be like the end kind of like highest kind of goal, I guess you'd say. But yeah, like when I first started, that was my ambition to find something and get stuck into it and just immerse myself in it and see how far I could really push the envelope in like the shortest amount of time possible. And how's that gone for you so far? Yeah, not bad. So, um... When I started, I think after maybe like six months or five, uh, no, a little bit over six months, like after I first started, after around about six months, I did my first competition, like as a white belt, it was uh, state nogi. Um, and yeah, like I remember, I remember even leading up to it and like on the day I was like, I told myself I wanted to do it, but like leading up to it, even on the day I was like, man, what are you doing? Like... <laughs> Are you crazy? Like, you sure this is for you? Like, all these thoughts in my head, I was like, oh, man, I think I want to bail. Like, I'm going to pull out of this. And then <laughs> I was like, ah, oh, no, like, don't do it. Like, don't pull out because if you pull out, you know, you're going to think you're, oh, man, you're like, you're going to call yourself a bitch forever and be like, why did you do that? Why'd you pull out? And even I remember, like, standing on the side of the mat before my first match, like, super nervous. And I was like, fuck this, man. I'm just going to run away. <laughs> I was like, I'm just going to go home. Like, no one's going to have to know. I was like, I'll just make up some excuse. But I was like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna run. Like, fuck this. But anyway, in the end, I ended up having three matches. I got three subs and I won gold at yeah, my, nice. my first comp. Nice, nice. Yeah. Well, actually, I remember talking to you. Um, oh, I don't know how long before that first comp it was, but you know, I you know, did a couple of local comps and whatnot. And I remember you asking me about how I dealt with the nerves and all those sort of things of competition. And I sort of at the time, I sort of didn't think anything of it. I thought, like, ah, you know, you just fucking go in there and do it. And then now seeing how far you've come, I sort of, I look back and I have a bit of a giggle at that competition, um, at that conversation, you know, knowing what you've done now and yeah. the nerves you must have overcome. Do you still do you still get nervous when you're competing on a, on the bigger stages or? Yeah, man, I still feel like, I don't know if terrified is a word, but it's that feeling like in the back of your mind, like, what if I fail? Like, you know, what if I don't do as well as I expect? You put all these expectations on yourself. You put all that time into training. You know, obviously, like, the end result at the end of it, regardless of whether you win or you lose, like, all the personality traits that you build along the way, like how hard you can train, like how much you can handle, like pushing when you're tired, like all the bonds that you build with people along the way, like all the cool stories that kind of, like, come with it, like hanging out with your friends, like figuring out new things, like all the like cool little life experiences you get from it are all like valuable, I guess you'd say like positives that you carry like long after you ever finish competing or after that like comp day is over. But yeah, man, like always still, you have those thoughts like leading up and on the day, you know, like, oh man, I'm super nervous. Like I don't want to look like an idiot in front of everybody. Yeah. Like I hope I can do well, you know, like how am I going to handle if I don't do well? Um, but yeah, like I still get nervous, but I think, I don't know, I've always kind of believed if you don't get nervous, like, you don't care. And, like, I'm a yeah. super competitive person and I always get, like, nervous before I do something I care about. But, like, say, for example, like, I fucking hate golf. Like, <laughs> if I played golf, I wouldn't get nervous beforehand. Even if I entered a competition, like, I just wouldn't care because I hate golf. Like, I'm not interested in it. Like, I find it boring as fuck. 
But like for me, like jiu-jitsu, like I care about it so much and I want to do so well and like I love it so much that on the day when I turn up, I'm like, man, like I really, really, really want to do well at this thing. Yeah. So yeah, like always the nerves, I think, are always going to be a thing. But I guess I don't think it goes away. I just think you like get used to it, you know? It's like yeah. you expose yourself to it and you just get... Uh, like almost immune to it, I guess you'd say. Yeah, for sure, man. I understand that completely. Like, obviously, I haven't competed on any uh, any big sort of stages or anything like that. I think the biggest comp I've ever done is WA States, you know. But um, for me, obviously, with the, the travelling and the training and going to some of these gyms that we go to on our trips, it's like, I still get nervous. Even just going to a new gym here in Perth, you know, I... I sort of get there, I'm like, oh, fuck, 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 what are these guys going to think? Am they going to think I'm a retard? Or, you know, like you really, even just training, you still want to put your best foot forward, especially when you're meeting new people for the first time. It's like, yeah, for oh, sure. fuck, fuck, fuck. You know, I remember on our very first trip when we went to um, San Diego meeting Chanji and the guys over there, it was like, holy shit. And then once you hit the mats, as soon as you bump hands and get into it, everything sort of just goes away and you just fucking get on with life, you know, it's really good. Yeah. But um, anyway, back Enough about me. No one wants to hear about me. Um, we'll get back to you. So after after you uh, got your three subs and the gold at the state titles, what was next? Um, so after that, I actually I got graded like I think maybe like a week or two after that or something. I got my blue belt yep. um, under like Josephine Massiello, who was like my like first coach and who I still consider like one of my coaches, one of my teachers. Um, and then yeah, like I. To be honest, like at the time, I really wanted my blue belt. And I was like, man, I'm like so good at jiu-jitsu and all this sort of thing. But it was kind of like that, the less you know, the more you think you know kind of thing. Because now looking back, I'm like, man, that kid was a fucking idiot. Like I didn't know anything. Like, you know, like almost like, yeah, like I can't believe how much I didn't know. But at the time, I was like, yeah, I know heaps of jiu-jitsu. Like I'm so good at this. But yeah, in reality, you know, I wasn't that good. Like maybe I was good enough for blue belt. In the grand scheme of things, like I was still very much so a beginner. Mm. Um, but then, yeah, obviously, after that, I did like a few local comps here and there, uh, like one state no gi, state gi, uh, a blue belt. Um, I can't remember how those matches went though, but I know that I yeah I won like state gi and state no gi um, at blue belt, and then at the end of two thousand eighteen. Wow, like I went for pan packs, like went and did pan packs uh, at the end of like or last part of 2018 at Blue Belt still. Um, and then, yeah, with that one as well, like I remember I did World Gi actually in the big, uh, like in the middle of the year in 2018. And I remember like even going to that, like I went with uh, like the crew from Legion 13 with uh, Grayson West. And I remember going to that, like almost those nerves that I had when I was like a white belt before my first comp. It was like that all over again, but maybe even like more doubt. I was like, what the fuck are you thinking? You know, you're like, you're an yeah. idiot, man. Like, why are you doing this? Like, you're going all the way to America, you know, like, it's so far. Like, are you even good enough? Or are you just like, you know, like, are you still a blue belt spaz sort of thing? Yeah. Are you and Perth then, good or are you world good sort yeah. of thing? Yeah. And then like, obviously, I didn't go so well the first time I went to Worlds. I, uh, I won my first match by like backchuck. And then the second one was when I had like my first, I guess it's like kind of like bad injury. Like I mangled a couple of my like fingers kind of thing, got caught in the geese sleeve and then I ended up like losing that match, like dislocated my fingers and stuff like that. And every time I closed my hand to try and make a grip, like my fingers would dislocate again and you know, they couldn't get them to go back in properly. So yeah, I ended up losing that one. And I still remember uh, like to this day, like how crushed I was and like I was so far from home and same thing I had that thought of like oh man I look like such an idiot I remember we went back to the hotel because like nearly everyone that was there with us competed on that same day and like we we sat in the hotel together and you know everyone was like let's go buy some food and relax a little bit I remember sitting there and I made up like this bullshit lie I was like oh yeah I just got to uh I just got to make a phone call or something like that like I said something stupid like I was going to make a phone call I had to message somebody like it was a massive lie I remember as soon as everyone left the room, I just fucking like started crying and I felt like such an idiot. I was like, man, I'm not as good as I thought. Like had all those thoughts of like, what am I doing here sort of thing. But obviously, like that all passed. And then, yeah, and then we skipped to Pan Packs. And that was my first comp back after Worlds that year where I like injured my hand and couldn't like use my hand properly for a while. I had my fingers like re-breaking. 
Um, and then, like, I ended up luckily winning Pan Pack, Ski and Nogi, Super Heavyweight Division. Um, yeah, and then I think I subbed every every match at that comp to, apart from maybe one one of them, yeah. Um, yeah, and I got gold, like, obviously, yeah, Gi and Nogi, uh, Super Heavyweight. And then that was maybe, like, six weeks before World Nogi. And then, obviously, we went to California again. That was my second attempt at World like kind of like level, obviously it was no gi uh, instead of gi this time, same year but at the end of the year. Um, and then yeah, like that same thought again, I was like standing there, I was like man, like it's Christmas time, everyone's at home, having fun, hanging out with their family, like I should have just stayed at home, like I won pan packs, that was pretty good, right? And I remember standing there like, oh man, I'm so nervous, like I can't wait to get this first match out of the way so we can just fucking go home. <laughs> and then like I won the first one and I was like, oh that was like not too bad. Then I went back, then I won the second one, and I was like, man, I'm starting to build some momentum now, like I'm feeling pretty good. And then I won three, won four, and then I won the last one. So I won gold. So I won my first world championship after like just over two years of training, um, all by submission, all matches by submission. I think I was like two triangles, two back chokes, like two rear naked chokes, I should say, uh, and one armbar. And yeah, then I won gold and got promoted to purple belt by the same thing, my coach, Josephine Masiello, on the on the podium in California. So yeah, obviously, like I said, that was like one of my like goals when I first started Jiu-Jitsu was to be able to become a world champion. Obviously, it's not black belt, like we're not at the end goal yet, but that was like one of my first goals and like I was able to achieve it um, in like a pretty short amount of time with no like, I didn't do like, you know, I didn't have prior grappling experience. I wasn't like a wrestler. I wasn't like, I never did judo when I was a kid. I never did. I didn't do any martial arts when I was a kid, actually. Like, I didn't do anything like that. I didn't play rugby or football or anything, even where there was like tackling. Um, yeah, and then like, I was able to win that, get promoted. Um, and then even like now I look back on it. And for me, I kind of look back, I'm like, oh, I was just blue belt. Like, and like, it was no gi as well. So some people maybe like disregard no gi. Um, like jiu-jitsu a little bit like I, I love nogi you know like it's yeah. like I really do love nogi but obviously some people are going to disregard it and same thing they're going to disregard oh, like it was just blue belt worlds and like I think like that sometimes as well like it's not the end goal like the end goal like I said is black belt but it's still uh, you know something that I set out to achieve and I was able to do it so yeah you know fucking anyone that says it doesn't matter fuck them it's a stepping stone to the goal that you're after so you know what yeah, good on yeah, you, man. Sure. So I've got to, I've got to ask. Um, obviously, getting promoted on the uh, on the podium um, made you ineligible for the open, yeah, club or absolute yeah. or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, hypothetically, didn't get promoted on the podium. Would you have gone in and had a crack at absolute? And I'm gonna, I'm gonna say as far as you get to the final and come up against Nicky Rod. Oh man, fuck him up. You're never gonna, <laughs> no one wants to be that guy. No one wants to be a cocky guy. I think nah, that's he's right. really good. He's really good. Yeah, like, he's obviously, he's an animal. Yeah. No one's gonna, like, I don't know. Like, to me, I'm not gonna be the guy that sits here on a podcast and says, yeah. man, fuck this guy. You know, like, you know, everyone's good at that level. You know, like, if he's better than me, yeah. oh, well, it happens. You know, if everyone loses what? sometimes, yeah. whatever. You know, but no one wants to listen to some arrogant cunt sit there and say, I'm better than everybody. <laughs> well, maybe some people do that, but it's not me. You know? No, nah, that's right. That's yeah. right. No, nah, it would have been, um, oh man, it would have been an experience for sure. Yeah. But you know, who knows? Who knows what happens in the future? Um, yeah, no, that's that's pretty cool, man. So uh, once you know, once you got your purple belt, have you you've where have you gone since there? Have you gone back and done worlds as purple? I can't even. Yeah, yep. I went uh, December two thousand and nineteen, and unfortunately, oh, that's right, yeah. didn't go as well as uh, my last appearance at Nogi Worlds. But all good, uh, no medals this time. Just keep working on it. Obviously, I, like I same thing. I set out a goal for myself. I would like to win a medal at every belt color at Worlds. Like obviously, well, not a medal. I want to win a gold medal. I don't want to fucking like <laughs> silver or bronze. Like of yeah. course it's an achievement and it's cool, but uh, it always leaves a bitter taste in your mouth because it's like mm. people come up and say well done, but it's like I still didn't win. You know, like I always get a bit pissed off if I don't do well and people say well done. I'm like man. Like, don't say well done to me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, maybe that sounds a bit arrogant, but, like, that's just the thing. Like, I think every competitive person out there will probably, like, they'll understand it, they'll get it, you know? Like, you don't want to fall short just a little bit. You want to fucking win, man. Like, everyone yeah. wants to win. You're like, you don't go there and go, I just want to, you know, I just want to come second. I just want to come second. You want to fuck. I want to win. 
Yeah. You know? And obviously some people will say, oh, I just entered for the fun. I just entered for the experience. <laughs> well, maybe some people do that, but they're not obviously the hyper-competitive people, you know? Like, yeah. You don't go all the way to California to fucking, you know, win a silver medal, man. Have one role and be yeah, done. Yeah, you know, like, if that's your mindset, like, I think you should stay at home. Um, yeah. I think, yeah, like, maybe go for a holiday to California, but don't go <laughs> don't go for Worlds, you know? You should stay at home if you have that mindset because there's people out there that want to, you know, rip your head off, so to speak, that have worked super hard, like, all year for that one day. So, yeah, yeah I think if that's your mindset, maybe go. come back another another day just go for the recreational weed in the beaches eh? yeah that's yeah. right yeah that's right <laughs> yeah no it's um it's that's kind of like i teach my kids i don't know people might judge me for saying it but i always tell them you know if you're not first you're last yeah so, yeah. <laughs> yeah ricky bobby but um yeah. they uh, obviously they it's a bit of a joke with us but yeah it's um rings true. i can dig it yeah yeah all right man so um obviously you've you've traveled around a little bit um i remember did you you were a gym you manager of a gym, personal trainer? No, I was never a manager. I was always, like, since I was, I think, like, 17, yep. I was working as a personal trainer, and I worked at, like, quite a few gyms, like, how old was 17? Yeah, maybe, like, six years, kind of, like, in the industry as, like, a personal trainer. Um, and also, at the same time I was PTing, I was also, like, I started to teach, like, some classes, like, some jiu-jitsu classes um, at the gyms I was training at as well. But yeah, I was like working as a PT and like teaching like cross training classes and that sort of thing, like you know, like group sessions, PTs, that mm. sort of thing, um, as well. Like that was kind of like my career, I guess you'd say, like what I was doing to make money at the time, as well as training. Obviously, you know, you need a little bit of uh, income. So yeah, that's what I was doing at that point in time. Um, obviously, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm teaching jiu jitsu now. Well, not right now. <laughs> nobody's doing anything right now really but yeah. when this isn't uh, a COVID time I guess you'd say I, like I teach jiu-jitsu and I also work at a uh, supplement store doing like supplement retail advice that sort of thing and also working on like building an online PT business now as well um, plug it go for it man yeah, yeah. Tell, tell us about that be- so Victory Project Online check us out on Instagram me and one of my mates that I work with at the gym together uh, working on that so yeah it's uh, online personal training uh, website social media uh, yeah so <clears throat> if you check out Instagram Victory Project online um, and then you'll be able to follow the links that are like on our bio uh, to sign up if you're interested but basically what we're setting out to do with that one is just help people uh, all across the world with training diet nutrition you know like uh, sports specific training you know for Jiu Jitsu athletes like whatever athletes you are um, people that just want to get in shape, people that want to do strength training, circuit training, blah, 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 like all of the above, uh, that sort of thing. So, yeah, that's our goal. My, uh, Me and my friend that started it to yeah, help people uh, achieve any like health and fitness goals they're after, work towards the sport, just get in shape, get ready for a wedding, all that sort of stuff. Um, just become like the best version of themselves, I guess you'd say, no matter what their kind of like end goal is. But, yeah, so that's what we're, well, that's what I'm doing now anyway, like working at supplement store, teaching jiu-jitsu, training jiu-jitsu sort of thing, uh, which is a bit kind of on pause at the moment, as mm. with everyone, and obviously working on the online business as well. Yeah, nice, nice. All right, so I know when uh, at the start of the episode you said, you know, you sort of come into jiu-jitsu with a goal before you even yeah. started training of, of making it a lifestyle or a life and a career and all that sort of thing. So at what point... Um, did you actually go, you know, fuck it and throw every, not throw everything away, but sort of step away from actually working a normal job mm. alongside with your jiu-jitsu and go, now it's just jiu-jitsu? Was that before Worlds, the first time? Uh, or? Yeah, it was like maybe around about the time, uh, like around around the pan packs kind of time period. So I guess you'd say... I can't remember, like I didn't write down the date for this, but I guess you'd say around September, October sort of thing, 2018. So yep. I guess you'd say, yeah, maybe like two years into jiu-jitsu is when I kind of like stopped working for a little while and threw myself like fully into it and wasn't really doing like any nine to five kind of work sort of thing. It was just focusing on training and teaching classes and getting ready for like Nogi Worlds and that sort of thing. So yeah, around about two-ish years in. Obviously before that, like, I think everyone, even hobbyists, has like this like little thought in the back of their head of like, man, fuck this. Like, I'm just gonna throw everything in and just train jiu-jitsu every day and travel <laughs> and you know like meet cool people and gain some cool life experiences and you know get as good at jiu-jitsu as possible. I don't want to do all this other shit. 
but yeah, like it's difficult. Yeah, you're you know? talking to someone. <laughs> yeah, like it's very, very difficult. But I think every person that really loves jiu-jitsu, like maybe not like a guy that comes in, does it for six months and then decides, man, this isn't for me. Like I don't like being stuck in North South with balls in my face sort of thing. Like that maybe they don't have the thoughts. What's wrong of, with them? Yeah. <laughs> that's why I stayed, right? Yeah. But like maybe they don't have like the thoughts of, you know, giving up the day job and like just doing jiu-jitsu. But the people that stick around and like really love it and, you know, kind of like want to make this a part of their life, I think at least, fuck, once they probably think about or aim towards, um, you know, giving everything up and... Yeah, yeah, you know, thinking of ways, yeah, always yeah, to make yeah, it yeah ways they can do more jujitsu or travel more and do jujitsu or <laughs> that sort of thing because yeah. obviously, like it's fun. Like if you know, like if you get stuck into it, maybe, maybe some people say it's a bit cultish, but whatever. Like it's fun, man. Like What's not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's great. Yeah, I know. Um, well, obviously, that's our the free rollers brand. Obviously, you know, when I started jujitsu, I think I was. Uh, twenty nine, I think, when I started. Um, and instantly, man, I hooked. I, yeah, yeah. Well, not the first night. The first night, I was thinking to myself, "What the fuck am I doing? This is ridiculous." The second morning, I fucking slid out of bed like a fucking slug. Everything hurt, and I went, "I'm never going back." But then my daughters were training, so they've like gone, "Yep, yeah, come on, Dad." Fuck righto. So I got down there, and uh, <clears> the same Josephine. Come on, are you training again tonight? I'm like, oh, fuck. But I did, and then you know, it just got better and better after that. And I think it was about a week. And I was hooked. I was like, yeah, you know, yeah. I, I'm fucking, I'm going to do this for a while. Um, and then I read uh, the BJJ Globetrotter about six months in and thought, fuck yeah, I'm going to. Sounds uh, like fun. Yeah, I want to fucking meet heaps of people. So I set up the mats down the beach. Um, you know, a lot of people told me it wasn't a good idea. It was a political community and all that wank. Um, but yeah. me being me and a bit of a social dude anyway, I was like, fuck whatever, stick your politics up your ass, I'm fucking doing what I want, and did it. And I think the first day I had like 80 people come across our, our match, yeah. you know, and there was support from all across Perth, which was they fucking, it. Yeah. it was brilliant. Um, so yeah, we, I've sort of gone from there and taken it to different parts, and now it's, you know, after travelling a few times on my own, I went, you know what, how good would this be if I was doing it with a group of like-minded people? And yeah. so that was, that's my avenue. Obviously now it's fucking put on the back burner for a bit, so I'm looking at, looking at other ways to, to keep it active, but um, hence the podcast. But yeah, I think, like you said, I think everyone who's passionate about jiu-jitsu at least once a week thinks about a way that they can yeah. make a living off it and just do jiu-jitsu, you know? Like not everyone's fortunate enough to be at the point where they're a black belt and they can open their own school or if that's what they want to do, you know? So it's, um, yeah, there's always a new clothing line popping up or, you know, something. There's always something popping up, yeah. you know? Like, I think it's it's good. It's good. Like yeah, um, yeah. That's <laughs> that's about it. But I so, think yeah, like traveling and training is like one of the funnest things you can do. Like I love to travel. Like I've not just through jiu-jitsu, like just through other avenues in life. Like I have traveled a lot, but I've also traveled a lot with jiu-jitsu. Yeah, and I can definitely say I meet a lot of people that I really get along with or people I feel like, you know, like maybe you don't talk to them all the time or you don't see them or you don't even message them. But as soon as you go back to that place again mm. or whatever, or you catch up with them again or you do fuck like, oh, I'm just going to send this guy a message or whatever. As soon as you do message them, like it's like there was no time in between, you know, like yeah. you just make like really good friends, kind of like almost for life kind of thing. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like that kind of like community aspect about it where everyone's like pretty cool with everyone. Like you don't meet many people. Like, I'm sure there's some people out there, but, like, for me, like, I don't feel like I've ever really met anybody and been like, man, this guy's a fucking dick, you know? <laughs> like, very rarely do you meet somebody in this community that's, like, a real dick, you know? Like, every now and again, yeah, you come across one guy, but it's not like mm. when you first start, you think, man, there's going to be, like, all these real, like, tough guys, like, wannabe guys, like, yeah. you know, people that try and intimidate people or be tough or, you know, like, people that are just assholes that are just out there to try and, you know, like, feed their own ego sort of thing. I feel like like when you think that's going to happen in the beginning, like it's not like that at all. So yeah. if anyone's listening to this actually that doesn't do jiu-jitsu for whatever reason yeah. and they think that that's what's going to happen, it doesn't. Like it's the total opposite. Like you meet cool as fuck people, make mm -hmm. lifelong like friendships, you gain like a lot of like life experiences, like you like build your character. 
So yeah, I think like, yeah, traveling and training is like one of the coolest things you can do. Like you meet so many like cool people. It's fun like to see the world, man. Like you learn so much more than what you would sitting at home. Yeah. Just in general. And then, you know, like even in terms of jiu-jitsu or not jiu-jitsu, like you learn things, you know, you, you see things you never thought you would have seen. Like in terms of jiu-jitsu, maybe you learn something that you never would have learned if you just stayed at home, you know, because you're exposed to new games, you know. Yeah. Like I said, you make friends. So you're not just doing the typical like tourist trap kind of, holiday you know you hang out with people they show you like the real side of whatever place you're going to um yeah you can, i just think it's great i think traveling and training and learning whatever you can and you know anything you can from people everywhere is like one of the best funnest things you can do so yeah 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 i spoke about that uh last week with christina as well you know the community is is really in my opinion it's what makes jujitsu you know like it's just such a when it, for me, for example, when I left the military, um, I never thought I'd have that sense of camaraderie again. Like I got out and I had a really hard time for the first probably six to 12 months, I guess. I sort of got out and went, oh. Lost. Yeah, I just didn't have people that had my sense of humour, my, um, I don't know, I don't know what it, you know, my drive, my, my. The thing about yeah, Jiu-Jitsu man. is because you're so like, close yeah like, literally physically so close yeah. with people all the time when you're training like you break down whatever fucking weird barriers you had up mm. before you know what i mean like when you've been that close like physically to somebody like every day like not much you can say is really gonna like offend them or you know like <laughs> you're just like super i don't know you have like a different kind of connection like some of the shit that people have said <laughs> at jiu-jitsu gyms or after training that I just like I think is hilarious or like I just don't care like I'm used to hearing it yeah I'm like fuck man like if you say this anywhere else or if someone said this like at their workplace people would be like what the Fucking hell straight into HR yeah, yeah you know but like yeah, yeah like you it's just a different kind of community but it's very like tight-knit yeah you could say. I remember uh, I can't remember I can't even remember exactly what it was but it was a very fucking navy orientated joke it's probably something that, oh, yeah, I don't know, something probably about fingers in asses or something like yeah. that. And I said it on the mats. And as soon as I said it, I went, oh, fuck. I, I, I shouldn't have said that. And I looked around and everyone looked at me and just started laughing. And then the jokes just started coming. You know, that's where I found out about the third hook. And, the, yeah. you know, it was almost like they were Little waiting chance. for me. But, yeah, as soon as I yeah. broke that ice with saying something, like, I think it was something like, oh, don't worry, one guy might have slipped or something and come a little bit close to my nuts. Or, and I, I gave him a slap on the ass and said, don't worry, I was in the Navy for 13 years, you know. And then yeah. that was it. Yeah. Oh, I had like a finger in there. It's like, oh, yeah. Jesus, here we go. So and, and like I said, you know, I didn't ever think I would be able to have that humour so openly again is what I do with the jiu-jitsu community. It's fucking not everywhere, obviously. Like there's, yeah. there's times and places. Um, but yeah, when you're with your mates, it's it's a fucking really cool community. So you said um, you, you've obviously you've travelled a little bit for yeah. competition. You've been to California. You've done all those sort of things. Have you trained? Have you travelled and trained anywhere else without competition? Um, so like I've obviously trained like before yeah. and after like uh, competitions and stuff like that and. Uh, I've been to Bali a bunch of times and trained. I've been to Singapore and trained. I've been to Melbourne and trained. Mm. Uh, Queensland. And obviously, when we've been to Worlds, like in California, I've trained at a few places after that, made some cool friends. Um, I guess, like in yeah, Bali, I've trained at Synergy uh, BJJ MMA with Nico Hahn. In Singapore, I trained at Evolve uh, MMA, obviously, like biggest... You know, gym in Southeast Asia. Yeah, I think yeah. probably one of the biggest gyms in the Southern Hemisphere, I think. That's um, a, yeah, it's a cool gym. I, yeah. love, I enjoy training at uh, Evolve. Yeah, Evolve Far East Square. <clears throat> um, the main two people I trained with when I was at, you know, Far East Square was Teko Shinzato and Jusuma Ella. Um, those guys were awesome, like really, you know, cool with me the whole time, like helped me out a lot, showed me heaps of cool stuff, really friendly. Uh, over <laughs> in Melbourne... I uh, went to Absolute, but only trained there one time, so I didn't really get to know anyone there, but that was still awesome. Queensland, I don't remember where I trained. I went to Queensland for a wedding, and I trained, I don't even remember where was it was. Ipswich, was it? Nah, no, Cairns, it was in Cairns. Cairns. I can't remember the name of the gym now. Anyway, and then in America, I've also trained at One Jiu-Jitsu with Jiva Santana, so I don't know if he'll ever hear this, but really cool guy, awesome perspective, same thing, like... Uh, I've, you know, met him before I won my first ever, like, world title. Well, Nogi world title, I guess you'd call it. 
and even some of the things he said to me was very insightful, almost like he had belief in me just from like seeing me train and that sort of thing, which was like pretty surprising because back then I didn't think I was ever like going to be maybe like there was that little bit of doubt of will I ever win a Worlds, you know. Um, and then also I've trained in America at, I've gone blank on the name of the gym now, Mixed Breed, uh, Mixed Martial Arts as well, yeah, which is also a really big gym. Not like big as in like a big affiliate, just like a big space. Same thing, like more, uh, I guess you'd say like family kind of vibe, like not many people there are like big time competitors, I don't think, not as far as I know, but you know, everyone there's still really talented, like cool gym, yeah. Yeah, nice. Have you, um, when you've been over there, I know oh, there's also, a... sorry, I slipped one, I also trained at Bali MMA. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, which was awesome as well. Actually, I've got probably one of the worst beatdowns of my life, but I'll tell a quick story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I went to Bali MMA, and if you don't know who Hanado Hibero is, look him up. Uh, awesome competitor from like the early 2000s, but I didn't know who he was at that time. And I remember like I went to Bali MMA, and like I trained there before, and you know, like there's like some like a lot of travelers, like tourists, you know, like people that live there as well, training. And obviously, like, I didn't know who this guy Hernaldo was, but he was taking the class. And um, he wasn't rolling in the morning, you know, but I was rolling. And, you know, I was rolling really good. and felt like I was, you know, killing it sort of thing. Um, yeah, like, doing really well. And then he was sitting on the side, and he was, like, watching me. And then he goes, you know, he didn't speak English very well. be asked if I want to roll. And I was like, yeah, man, of course. You know, he was, like, not a super big, like, I'm not... Uh, I'm like super heavy when I compete usually, like super heavyweight. I don't know how heavy he would have been at the time, but he was definitely a lot smaller than me. And I remember like I was just in one of those moods where I was like, yeah, I'm feeling good, like I'm rolling super good. And I was like, man, this little guy doesn't know what the fuck's about to hit him. <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to run a train on him sort of thing. <clears throat> we tapped hands and man, this guy fucked me up worse than like I'd been fucked up in a long time. You know, like tapped me a whole bunch of times in like a five minute round. I was like, oh man, what the fuck? <laughs> I remember in my head, I was like, man, I was sure I was going to kick this guy's ass. And then I remember telling someone else this story and they were like, yeah, well, he probably thought the same thing, but he was right and you weren't. <laughs> yeah, anyway, that was like a pretty humbling experience. I didn't, like I said, I didn't know who he was until like, I think it was like a day later, I was just scrolling on Instagram at my hotel. And like, I already followed the Bali MMA page on Instagram and I seen like his profile pop up. And then like, I found out who he was and all these titles that he won. And I was like, oh, well, maybe I can sleep tonight a little bit after that, like, savage beating, yeah. you know, feel a little bit more comfortable about myself. But, yeah, I didn't expect that one to uh, happen at so the gym in Bali. Is he a permanent fixture there? or is I he, don't think so, not as far no. as I know. I yeah. couldn't, like, we didn't speak too much because I don't speak Portuguese and his English was pretty, uh, like, you know? basic. Nah. No, I thought no. No, not quite. Maybe only in some things I shouldn't know how to say. Three, three or four words. Yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, nice. But yeah, we didn't have much of a conversation, but he was a very good coach for the sessions I was there. Knows a lot, like, cool guy. Yeah, nice. So, all right, well, we'll go to the current current world situation and COVID and all that sort of shit. So what sort of stuff uh, are you doing, like, training-wise to, um, to keep yourself moving and active I guess when you can't be on the mats I suppose I'm just out here spreading herd immunity yeah nice yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I'm still training at home like I have like maybe like nine square meter mats at home and uh, train like with my brother he's done like a little bit of jiu-jitsu before um, he doesn't really like train anymore but obviously like he's done enough to he knows the positions he knows what a guard pass is he knows what a sweep is like he understands like the positional hierarchy, like you don't want to get swept if you're on top, you don't want to get passed if you're playing guard sort of thing. So, you know, he's all good, you know, like he's, like I said, he's not like an active competitor or anything like that, but he knows the position, he knows how to train. He's actually got a lot of talent, but he just doesn't think that he has a lot of talent. But, you know, it's good to get some training in and stuff like that at home. And then obviously just got like a little bit of a weight set up, I guess you'd say, obviously not a gym, it's more just some stuff on my patio. But yep. it's enough to get like a good workout in, you know, a barbell, a few plates, some kettlebells, dips and pull-up bars, that sort of thing. You know, get a workout in, still stay in shape, you know, it's enough. But yeah, obviously it doesn't compare to like the fun of going to the gym and rolling and seeing mm. your friends and, you know, going to like a normal gym and having the luxury of all these, you know, pieces of equipment and stuff like that. But I guess like when this is all over, you'll appreciate it a bit more sort of thing and Maybe probably even train a little bit harder because you're like, fuck, yeah. man, that sucked when it got taken away. But 
I guess I'm still like training pretty much. Like I'm probably doing a, a quite a bit less than what I normally would, but yeah, still doing a bit, still staying in somewhat and, shape. Yeah, and it's good. I mean, get your brother on the mats again and yeah, get sure. him training. You know, like at the moment I'm. You know, giving a hundred kilos of pressure to an eleven-year-old girl, <laughs> so she's. Uh, but it's it's been good. It's kept it. Well, it's brought her back on the mats anyway. Pressure makes diamonds, right? Yeah, well, she's that's right. Apparently, yeah. you know, if she can get over the crop. Nah, she. <laughs> yeah. Nah, she'll be all right. But it's it's good to be able to. You know, I'm lucky in that regard. I've got her, and the same thing. Got some kettlebells and all that sort of stuff, and whatever. But you just keep active, do what you can do, and you know, obviously, I'll give a cheeky little plug out here to one of my sponsors, Yoga for BJJ. Um, you know that fucking handy as having their app on my phone and all those sort of things i don't know if you do much yoga yourself but you know having having the app and just being able to set it up and go for it and have a stretch and you know a bit of a flow going on i'm not much of a yoga person i'm 105 kilos at the moment i think but no yogi nah not yet mate not yet well don't don't get me wrong i still cruise around in my budgie smugglers and like to do the downward dog but um (laughs) i uh yeah i I'm a lot more flexible than I was when I st- uh, when I started yoga for BJJ. Anyway, so do you, do you do much yoga yourself or? I try and do a little bit, but I feel like um, I always like make a bad habit of getting into it. Yeah. And I get too into it, and I do it a lot and a lot, and then like I'll be like, oh, I'm kind of bored of it tonight, and I'll take like one day off that turns into like six weeks. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. I'll get back into it again, but I do really enjoy it when I'm doing it. Um, the thing I actually I would say I enjoy most about like yoga is like the uh, the feeling of like. I guess you'd almost say like being a white belt again and you can be mm. as shit as you wanted it. You can stuff it up heaps of times and nobody cares and you don't care because you're still a beginner. And then yeah. every time you do do it, you feel like you make like gains in leaps and bounds sort of thing. Yeah. You know, it's not like when you're experienced at something, like you start to not stagnate, but the progress definitely slows down a lot. Like I do like that aspect of like yoga. Like whenever I do it, I'm like... White belt, no stripes at yoga. Yeah. So I feel yeah. like I get like a lot of gains from it when I do do it. Yeah. But I probably need to make myself like find a bit more of a routine. But I do think it's great. I do enjoy it when, yeah. I, when I do do it. Yeah, for sure. I know um, when I first started it, man, it took... When I first started jujitsu, I said about six months in, I went, yeah, I'm going to do fucking yoga because that's going to make me awesome at jujitsu. I'll do it every day. Yeah, yeah. And um, then five and a half years later, I'm still going. I was, I was still yoga. going. Yeah, yoga. I'm going to do some yoga. And then uh, I was actually, I was talking to Sebastian, the guy from yoga, the guy who owns uh, Yoga for BJJ. And he, you know, he put me onto his program and, you know, off I went. And I said, I did a 10 in 10. Like it was like 10 minutes for 10 days, like real basic stretching. 101. Yeah, and I felt fucking unbelievable, you know. I, yeah. I was going to be the next fucking yoga for BJJ guru, you know. I was sitting on cliffs and getting all uh-huh. spiritual and shit. And then I did the uh, yoga for rocks. And holy fuck. Yeah, I'm, it's fair to say I'm still a rock. But, um, you know, some of those positions you get in, like two minutes into a flow and you're fucking shaking and sweating. And, yeah, more yeah, than what you ever thought you would. Yeah, I didn't. I did not think yoga would be a, a workout, so to say, you know. But um, it's, fuck, I like it. I enjoy it. I'll keep doing it. Um, yeah. I don't know if like anyone in here follows my Instagram or like maybe even you know, but like I get a lot out of just like uh, I guess you'd say just like meditation. Mm. I feel like that helps a lot. It's not as like much physical, but I guess like there's still that you know sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous system, like fight or flight, rest and digest, like hard, soft, you know, like relax, hard work kind of thing you get out of doing you know, your jiu-jitsu and, like, lifting weights and then out of, you get out of, obviously, the opposite, which is, like, your yoga, your meditation, your, mm. you know, just relaxing, downtime sort of thing. So, yeah. So, I guess, well, that's, yeah, I have seen, uh, you know, you, a bit of your meditation stuff that you have put up on your Instagram. Um, what is your, in- chuck it out there. Uh, if anyone doesn't follow me already, it's Scott, the letter J Carpenter, 95. That's it. Not big yeah. Scotty Jits or anything like nah, that? No, no Scott JJ or anything like that. Yeah. I don't. Yeah, I don't feel like I'm uh, <laughs> famous enough or good enough to put that on my Instagram handle <laughs> just yet. Yeah, Not yeah. without getting teased by everybody for the next fucking six months, anyways. Six months, six years. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah probably more like. Yeah. So with um, with the quarantine and that, obviously you 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 got your meditation and um, what was I saw something the other day that you put up with the the bell. Oh yeah, so it's a Tibetan singing bowl. Yeah, right. Yeah. What's is that something to do with? Uh, like I just like the noise of it, man. Oh, like man. I find it quite <laughs> soothing and relaxing. But it is yeah. used in like meditation and like um, obviously, you know, like monks use it and things like that for meditation and ceremony and 
that sort of thing. But it is like I find it quite relaxing to play. Like same thing. Like some people might just like to play guitar or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like I like the noise it makes. I find it quite relaxing. Uh, like I find the noise soothing. Like if I sit there and just sit for ten minutes. Like if I feel like, you know, like same thing. If you feel like stressed or worn out or whatever, just sit there, relax, and like I just like the noise it makes. It's kind of like that um, thing. Like how would you call it? Like you get into a groove, you know, because it's such a simple motion and you just keep doing it over and over yeah. and over. It's quite repetitive. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think of the correct word to describe it. Um, it's not coming to mind, but you know, like when you just, you know what I mean? Yeah, I know the word. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same. To think I know of the, the word, but yeah, like you just get into a groove and like I find it quite relaxing. And like, like I said, I just enjoy the noise and I'm not very musical anyway. I can't play any instruments, but. <laughs> Yeah, I like the noise it makes, you know, it's like not really anything to do with meditation. It has got a pretty soothing sound to it. Yeah, like so. I like a lot of like Eastern philosophy kind of stuff mm. and like I find things... Much much more calmer than fucking Mongolian throat singing. Yeah, <laughs> for sure, man. Yeah. yeah, like I like a lot of Eastern philosophy thoughts and meditation and like power of the mind and that sort of thing. So that's just all part of it. Like, you know, it's just a little instrument that's used obviously in like Eastern culture and yeah, you know, I find it relaxing just to sit there and play with it a little bit, but yeah. Nice. Nice. All right. So, um, all right. So we've talked about the current time and what happened before this and all that sort of stuff. So we'll move on to, uh, after life, after COVID, what's, um, what's your plans and we'll, we'll, when, whenever the fuck it happens, you know, yeah, like, man, like who knows when this is going to end. Obviously everyone's got their theories and ideas and stuff like fuck, that. Man, but... I read something today, this morning, it was like 2025. Yeah, some fuck with radio. Like, yeah, no extreme. way. Obviously, yeah. like, I'm not a specialist at this. I have my thoughts and my theories, but there's a lot of people that are way fucking smarter than me out <laughs> there that have spent like their whole, I guess you'd say, adult life, like learning about things like this and disease and virus and blah 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 and immunity. They're obviously much more educated on the topic than me and have a much better guess. But fuck, man, who knows when it's gonna all go away? But all I know is I can't wait for things to go back to what we what we call normal mm. and just you know because man like regardless of whether you think this is a virus or if you're a conspiracy theorist or yeah. doesn't matter what you believe in your yeah. life's fucking on pause right now like doesn't matter what you believe in whether you believe the government did this whether you believe this is like you know like yeah like you know the government made a virus whether it's just you know exactly you know what we're getting told in the news or whether you think it's some other fucking weird thing like we can't train can't go out and have fun with your friends. Can't go out for a meal or a drink. Can't go to the fucking movies. You can't do nothing right now and it sucks. Yeah. You know, so like all I know is I don't know enough about this to know when it's going to be over or when, you know, everything's going to be lifted. But I cannot wait to go back to normal. To be honest, it's made me actually realize uh, like how much I really want certain things in life. Like, so for mm. example, I remember like before, like just before this happened, I was almost like coasting a little bit. Like maybe getting a bit complacent. Like I love training and was still training hard all the time, but I was like, ah, I don't care about this. You know, like I was like, I don't care about gradings or this or that. But this made me realize I was like, fuck, man. Like no, I really do want to be like a black belt one day, and like mm. I want to compete at the highest level and stuff like that. Like it made me realize, like, you know, when the luxuries or the things you enjoy in life get taken away, you're like, oh man, like I really want to get back to that, like now. You know, like yeah. it makes you realize how much, you know, well, it made me realize the things I do actually really want and the things that I'm like, I don't really fucking actually, I really don't care about that. Like I couldn't care less if, you know, mm. like that doesn't come back or whatever. But yeah, there's certain things that has made me realize that like I miss and I want to get back to it like ASAP as, you know, yeah. as soon as we can. But obviously, yeah, we have no idea at the moment. Just plug along at the moment and do the best. Yeah. 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 I'll make a deal with you right now when you, uh, when you do, because I, I have no doubt, you know, you, you'll achieve your goal and you'll be a black belt world champion within, who knows, the time frame. But I, I do have a feeling that you'll do it. Um, and when you do it, I'll fucking we'll do another podcast. Do another podcast. Yeah, yeah, fucking for sure. Why not? You know, it's episode three now, so yeah. we'll, we'll see where we're at when we get episode there. But um, yeah, <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll come back and we'll circle back to this for sure. Um, I know for me personally too, yeah, once all this is is gone, I I can't wait to get back to normal, you know, and uh, get our trips up and running again, and travelling yeah, and training sure. and all these sort of things. I, but I think one of the positive things that has come out of this is, you know, for those people who know me as a as the guy that does free rollers or whatever, I also have a few other businesses, and I've got a bit of an entrepreneurial sort of mindset. And I think one, well, as you know, and one of the good things that I've 
really, really enjoyed seeing come out of this is all the innovation, all the new shit, all people just going, oh, fuck, all of a sudden our livelihood stopped yeah. and we need to come up with other shit. And, you know, some people have been, some people charge, some people don't. Some people are in the position where they don't have to charge for their online stuff. Yeah. Some people are in the position where they can give away fucking libraries of their online stuff. And I think it's brilliant. But what I, I really enjoy seeing is the smaller, the, the not as well-known gyms as, you know, your ATOSs, your universities, your jiu-jitsus, all of them coming up and sharing stuff with the community and yeah, just getting, sure. you know, like whether it's a Zoom class or whether it's a, a couple of tutorials here and there or just the way people are thinking and, shit, we need to do something else, to, whether it be just to tie them over until they can open their doors again or whether it'll be... A continuous. I really hope a lot of these places, yeah. it is a continuous to their services. And that kind of comes back to that community aspect, yeah, like that yeah. close knit aspect we spoke about of like the jiu jitsu community before. Yeah. Um, you know, where people, you know, a little bit closer friends in this kind of part of, well, aspect of the world than a lot of other people are. And yeah, like you said, hopefully it stays, you know, hopefully people realize, mm. you know, good things come out of, you know, doing the right thing and trying to like give back to the community sort of thing like you know whether you're you know a world-class competitor or just a hobbyist or whatever like giving yeah. back feels good it helps other people who are maybe not in the same situation as you and yeah yeah it's really good to see people doing that right now especially you know when some people are like down and out so to speak not training you know yeah how we yeah. used to before not able to make money that sort of thing so yeah yeah it's good to see no it is it is so with with you once once we sort of do get back to normal traveling training competing um, I don't know if you want to talk about it. Are you going to stay in Perth? Are you going to Are you going to venture out into the world? And I don't know. I don't know. Talk. Yeah. Well, who knows? What's, like what's we said, who knows when this is over? Yeah. But, uh, I would love to travel some more. Like, there's a lot of places I haven't ticked off the list. What were you going to say? Uh, I was going to say, have you ever thought of um, like relocating yourself for for jujitsu purposes? Like, yeah, for sure. Like I've thought about going to America or even like over east for a little while and seeing how it is and how I enjoy it and that sort of thing. But obviously there's always like the cost aspect and finding somewhere mm. to stay and like just the nitty gritty details of like locking it all down and locking it in and finding a date and blah, 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 all that sort of thing. And obviously right now that's kind of like put a halt yeah. to that aspect of it. But I would love to do that. And even like if it was just like training camps and stuff like that, you know, like three months before Worlds, I'm going to go to... Blah, whatever. I don't well, know. I haven't yeah. decided, you know, yeah. like whatever gym or whatever place, you know, um, almost like I guess you'd say acclimatize, get used to the, you know, the the time, or like the clock sort of thing, like the time difference over there. Yeah. Get rather a little bit comfortable, get some, you know, some good training in, just feel comfortable. Rather than flying a week yeah. before sort of thing. Yeah, you know, like rather than that, I've always thought about doing that as well. But who knows when the next like Worlds will be. Obviously, Worlds this year is cancelled, so yeah, who knows. Yeah. But I mean, even in the meantime, like, for me, the thing I love most, like that I enjoy most about jiu-jitsu is like, it's the problem-solving aspect, like the puzzle aspect. Like, I don't really ever think like I'm a tough guy or anything like that. I think I'm pretty like quiet, you know, like I'm not, yeah, I don't know. I don't think I'm like a hero or anything like that. So I enjoy like the puzzle problem-solving aspect of jiu-jitsu. And like, I feel like now is like a really good time for that as well. Because even when you're just training at home, like, I don't think just because it's, like, the COVID thing's going on, it's not a time just to make excuses for being lazy as fuck and sitting back or going, oh, I got shit because blah, 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 blah. I had no one to train with. I only had, you know, one person to train with. I only had this, I only had that. Like I said, for me, like, the thing I love most about jiu-jitsu and now is, like, a time where people could really kind of, like, open their mind to this thing is almost, like, the conceptual problem-solving aspect of jiu-jitsu. So... I don't know, like, for me, like, I remember when I first started jiu-jitsu, I started to think of things in concept and would look for patterns, and that's just how I am as a person. Like, I like to have, like, not, like, a technique, so to speak, but a concept. Like, I guess kind of like the same thing that Kit Dale speaks about, but I like what Kit Dale says, but it wasn't Kit Dale that put me onto it. Like, this was just mm. always, like, Scott Carpenter's mindset. You know, this is just how I thought about jiu-jitsu. And, you know, like, I didn't ever want someone to tell me what to do. Like, I wanted someone to... Like, show me, like, the bits of the puzzle, and then I'll put the puzzle together myself. And, you know, like, I didn't want them to give me, like, the end product, so to speak. Like, I didn't want people to say, Scott, you should do the blah, 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 this this position, that position to there, to just this submission because I said so. It's like, 
where's the fun in that? You know, like I enjoy the problem solving aspect. I enjoy the puzzle and figuring it out for myself. And I feel like obviously there's a lot of people out there that can kick my ass. Like I'm not saying I'm better than everybody or anything like that, but I feel like the things that I do well, I have like a good understanding of because it's almost like I figured out a lot of the nitty gritty in between parts for myself. You know what I mean? I like, like I said, like, you know, I hate going to class and someone goes, you need to do this, 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 and this. And then that's all you have to do. And, you know, this is the only, you know, way it should be done. And, you know, like, I, I don't like that at all. You know, like, I like concepts. I like problem solving. I like figuring it out for myself. I like all that sort of, you know, part of, like, that's the fun part of jiu-jitsu for me. So, yeah, like, I feel like now, like I said, is a good time for people to kind of think like that a little bit, you know, because maybe you're not rolling every day or maybe you're not, you know, training with a lot of different partners every day or, you know, like everything, like everything's kind of like I said, it's on pause. So now when you're rolling, don't just think, oh, I just want to do this technique to that position, to that finish. Try and almost, I guess you could say, think of it as this is the problem in front of me. I have a person in front of me and I, you know, depending on what they do, I just do this though to solve the problem. I don't do... Oh, this technique, that technique, sort of thing. Because obviously, every person's different. Everybody's, you know, body is a little bit different. That sort of thing. So obviously, things aren't always going to be uh, textbook. I mm. guess you could say. And yeah, like I feel like for me, like I said, I learnt fast because I thought like that. Whereas a lot of people don't think like that, or they don't like to try and think like that, or whatever. But yeah, now, man, like, what have you got to lose? Yeah, you're going to sit at home and you know, scratch your nuts and do nothing anyway. <laughs> Give it a go. Maybe even like if you're not training, try and think of some concepts and write it down if you know you have a bad memory or whatever. And then when you go back to training, you know, you'll be able to give it a go sort of thing, think outside the box. But yeah, like I said, I've never been one for, I wouldn't say like following the rules or anything like that. Like I don't mean like break the rules, but like you got to figure, you know, you got to bend the rules, I guess you'd say. Not break them, but bend them. Because obviously, you know, there's certain things you can't do in jiu-jitsu, otherwise you're going to get submitted, you know. <laughs> you're going to get caught, you know, you're going to lose or whatever. Um, but I think, yeah, there's rules there. Um, maybe bend them a little bit, you know, change things up some. some uh, have fun with it. Yeah, have fun, man. It doesn't have to be so pragmatic and boring, you know. I feel like some people get, like, so disheartened or disinterested, you know, because they find it boring or pragmatic or whatever. But, yeah, yeah. have fun with it. Think outside the box. Yeah, do shit you wouldn't usually do and, yeah. and get, now, like get said, caught, get submitted. Fucking figure try it again. out from there. Like I yep. said, don't have someone tell you don't do that. Figure out why shouldn't I do that. Mm. You know, it's like don't just do it because someone told you. Actually figure out the why. And then, like I said, you'll probably have a better understanding anyway. And yeah, yeah like now's the best time for it because shit, you know, no big comps coming up anytime <laughs> soon. You know, it's not like you have to try and impress everybody right now or anything like that. Everyone's kind of like, yeah, in a bit of a, a bit of a spot sort of thing in a situation so yeah, yeah especially now try and have fun with jiu-jitsu as much as you can because you know yeah I think like now is the best time to have fun with it um, because you know if you're stuck at home sort of thing and trying to figure things out and do it how you normally would with someone that's not experienced or whatever you don't have yeah like all the tools that you normally would all the space yeah you're probably going to get bored fast so shake it up a little bit make it fun yeah nice alright man well um, yeah good chat um, I think we've pretty well covered everything I wanted to plan. We've gone a little bit over time, but it's uh, it's the way of the world. It's good. Yeah. Like, I, yeah, I don't mind going a little bit longer than planned. But, yeah, thanks very much for joining us, man. No worries. Um, got anything you want to finish on? or? Uh, yeah, I just want to say thanks to everyone that's been there on the journey so far, that's, you know, supported me, uh, family, friends, my coaches, like I said, Josephine Masiello, Grayson West, um, even like now training at Raw with Kyle Skiba. Um, if there's anybody I missed out, sorry, you know, like family, like my mom, my brother, that sort of thing. I hope nobody gets pissed off if I forget their <laughs> name. But if I forget your name, it's not because you don't matter. It's just because I'm on the spot sort of thing thinking, you know, who, who, who. It's all right. I'll just edit my name in and yeah, you know, I'll yeah. edit it in afterwards. The and free rollers. <laughs> Yeah, but you know, you get the idea, guys. You know, thanks for everyone. Uh, if you listen to this all the way to the end without skipping, thanks. If you skipped, fuck you. Um, yeah, keep training, guys. Try and stay in shape. Have fun with it. Think outside the box. Hopefully, if you know, you train in Perth or anything like that, we can train together soon. Link up. Help Perth be Jake grow, get better. You know, it's only a small place. So, yeah, just keep it interesting. Thanks, guys. 
Awesome, man. Well, thanks for joining us on uh, Conversations from Quarantine for episode three. Uh, for everyone listening out there, make sure to check out the website, www.freerollers.com.au. Follow us on social media, Free Rollers, Instagram, Facebook, Scott J. Carpenter uh, on Instagram. Hey, 95. Um, subscribe to us on Spotify so you don't miss an episode. Um, I think the next episode I've got is with Brian Dyer and Jeff Glover from San Diego. Um, so that's going to be an exciting one. Apart from that, I hope to see you on the mat soon. Hopefully sooner rather than later. But until then, stay well, stay home.